All right. Welcome, everybody, to episode three of our still untitled Friday Night Lights podcast. Anthony, have you had any ideas for names yet? I've been trying, trying to come up with some, really trying to interpolate uh, catchphrases and uh, initials, but I'm not, I'm not having much luck. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Clear eyes, full hearts can't lose. There's got to be something. FNL, we gotta, there's got to be something there, but it's just, it's either been done or it's not happening, but uh, we'll figure it out. We'll We're figure, figure it, out. it out eventually. We'll be okay. Uh, this, this isn't going to go very far if we don't have a name, but <laughs> <laughs> it'll happen. We're, we're not going to force it. Yes. We are meeting up again since watching episodes three and four. Just before we get into the details of it, uh, how, how would you rate your, your experience of watching episodes three and four? Did you have a good time? Yes, I did. I had a very good time. Um, I'm really, really excited to talk about both of these episodes. Yeah. I've got a lot of notes. Um, I'm really, really, I'm excited. Yeah. I feel like things are taking off, getting a, getting a little juicy here. So we should have some good conversation on that. So let's, let's get into it. Episode two left off the ball. It was in the air, uh, for the kickoff. Let's talk about the game a little bit. It's not really about the football as we've said time and time again, but you can't pigeonhole (laughs) it, it. (laughs) (laughs) but some stuff happens that we should talk about. So let's talk about the game. Yes, so the game does not go very well. No. Our our Dylan Panthers lose. Yeah, coming down bad. once again though to the last play. Of course, could, yes. the game could have changed on the last play, so that is 2 for 2 so far. Yes. Saracen doesn't play that great. The other team really doesn't seem to play that great. It's just no, they very they low scoring affair. Yeah. yeah, but Dylan just really wasn't connecting, particularly coming down. A lot of the blame for sure coming down on Saracen, which is I think and they make it a point it to point out like Saracen actually had a pretty decent game. It wasn't terrible. It wasn't his fault uh right. solely. He was he was hitting his his receivers and whatnot. Right. But because yeah, yeah, the coach, coach kind of at the end when he gives his "come on, we got to do better" speech, he like says to Saracen, right? He's like, yeah, gives him the Saracen, you had a good game, <laughs> played well, <laughs> and and then he lays into everybody. Yeah, yeah. We talked about this a little bit, but I <laughs> I feel like this team, you know, was the overwhelming favorite or whatever to win state, or they were supposed to be really, really, really good, and they lose one player, and now. They're like falling what apart. now the defense isn't even good. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I mean, I know having a, a classmate and a teammate uh, paralyzed can definitely mess you up a little bit, but <laughs> yeah, they've completely fallen apart. I, I feel like that doesn't completely track, but it comes down to last play. Saracen makes a real gutsy, uh, gutsy move. He it's a pass play, but he keeps the ball runs for it. So close. Uh, it's it's looking good, and he literally falls up like less than a yard short of the goal line. Doesn't quite make it. So game of inches. It's a game of inches. Game of inches. That's right. He he almost has his moment, but but not quite. Um, but valiant effort, pretty darn good. All right. So after the game, we see Tim Riggins at home, and his brother Billy is chewing him out for um sucking basically but the important thing here is that tim is drinking his first beer of the episode uh which brings our beer tally for the episode up to one which is 13 total so far um so that's the first thing after that 
Landry is presenting uh, his theory on why the Panthers are losing, and it somehow involves that uh, Saracen's grandma is a witch. Switch, <laughs> <Switch>, yeah. <laughs> Which, uh, you know, ah, if somebody was a witch in town, I would. It's definitely Grandma Saracen. Grandma Saracen. Absolutely. Um, my question is why? Why would Grandma Saracen curse the Panthers when her grandson is QB one? But, but that's Landry doing Landry things. And then we have a scene that I found painfully awkward. Um, <laughs> Street and Lila, right? Street and Lila, yeah. yeah. Why, why don't you describe that scene? So they're, uh, they're talking and things get uh, a little intimate, more intimate yeah. than they've been since Street has been in the hospital. Right, right. They're, they're giving it a shot here. Street has a moment. <laughs> Lila somehow does not figure out what's going on. Like through the entire scene, like that <laughs> <laughs> she just is like something's wet, <laughs> uh, which is yeah, an incredible. Like how she didn't figure it out, <laughs> yeah, yeah, beyond me. Because even streets like, oh, I love hold on, hold on here. What do you? Okay, this is hard to talk about because I feel I, I want to keep this PG, but yeah. what do you think happened? I think he got a little excited. No, that's not what happened. Really? Well, I mean, he got excited, but he didn't get overexcited. Okay, I can't believe we're going into this. Okay. But yeah. then the nurse comes in, and his catheter came out. Oh. Yeah, so, so that, is, uh, that is a bodily fluid. <laughs> but yes. I believe what I happened was, was the, okay. uh, the, uh, the Jason having a moment uh, caused the catheter to to come out and yes so that was a wet I did not spot. even think of that which would make sense because it's a more you know yes uh, prone to get things wet the less viscous <laughs> liquid uh are we shoot are we gonna have to put an explicit rating on the <laughs> iTunes page oh <laughs> so anyway painfully awkward no matter what uh you know <laughs> whatever bodily fluids are involved uh it's not ideal it's very embarrassing for jason uh and i really feel feel for the guy <laughs> so glad we got that figured out um there is uh the scene with coach and julie they're heading to the diner uh yes and uh the alamo freeze is it of our friend of the show and sponsor of the show, the Alamo freeze, <laughs> right? Julie goes and sits down while coach is ordering and some jerk of a absolute has been. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Showing off his, his championship ring. You're never going to get one of these coach. Um, if you keep calling the wrong plays, uh, basically starts chewing out Julie. Yeah. Starts harassing um, coach's daughter, which yeah. is a super dick move. And then like coach confronts him. And he's like, hey, listen, like, you can talk trash about me all you want, but like, let's not get my daughter into it. And the guy is like still acting like he's not in the wrong. Yeah. He's still like, like the, yeah. you'll never get one of these. <laughs> Which holds yeah. up his 79 championship right. ring or whatever right. it was. Yeah. Uh, talking about how he's going to get fired, how they're going to have to move all that. Like that's the way this town works, honey, all that kind of junk. So, and then interestingly, uh, coach Taylor then just chooses to leave, um, which I feel like would not have been my reaction, uh, to, 
to that happening, but maybe smart, I guess. Well, especially since it seems as though he had already paid for the food. Yeah, right. Which tell her tell Julie to go wait in the car and yeah. <laughs> still get your largest French fry they have, <laughs> which is what he ordered. <laughs> oh. Uh yeah, so anyway, uh it it is becoming evident that um the pressure is mounting a little bit on coach. The town is starting to turn against him. Not that they were ever very much on his side. They were very skeptical to begin with, but things are taking kind of an ugly turn. Um, yeah, that one bit. loss really just drove the town. <laughs> yeah, where the star quarterback gets paralyzed, like that's coach's fault somehow, but which we'll find out later. Uh <laughs> will be alleged in court that it is the coach's <laughs> fault. But after this, we hear for the first time about a player uh, named Voodoo Tatum. Voodoo Tatum. Voodoo Tatum. It's Ray a, Voodoo Tatum. A Katrina refugee. Very <laughs> yes. timely at the time. Yep, it, it was. Yep. Yeah. Um, he was a Katrina refugee who was in Texas and was get, uh, apparently just insanely good uh, at quarterback. <laughs> And yeah, like had several, led his team to the state championship the year before, I believe. Yep. yep. And several coaches are trying to, in the area are trying to court him and get him to come to their teams. Yeah. Uh, Buddy Garrity is the leader of the campaign to go out and get voodoo. Uh, <laughs> I loved his line. He's talking to like that scout, that older scout guy. Um, I would think his name is Deke. But anyway, Buddy is talking to Deke. He's like, I think we should slide on over there. <laughs> He's, there's something about Voodoo Tatum that makes Buddy Garrity into a real creep. I mean, like, <laughs> Buddy Garrity is a creep as it is. But, like, there's something about Voodoo oh, that man. gets him, like, talking really weird. There's another scene <laughs> in the next episode, which we'll obviously talk about in our next episode. Yeah. Um. So we'll get to that. We'll cross that bridge when we come to it. But it's it's another ridiculous moment of Buddy Garrity. Just, I don't know what Voodoo Tatum does to him, but <laughs> it's very strange and creepy. Yeah, he gets in a one-track mind, and yeah, it gets weird. <laughs> so that's the first we hear of Voodoo. I do have written down here, and I don't remember exactly. I should. This is why I started taking more detailed notes for the next episode. <laughs> that something about Street's mom confronting Riggins. Do you remember that scene? Yeah. I believe she talked to him. She saw him sitting in his pickup and she went over. Right. And yes. To him. And okay. I wanted to talk about this too. I didn't have it written down, but that reminds me. We talked about how the, the characters in this, the actors in this show are much older than high school age. And Taylor Kitsch was much older than high school uh, age for this show. And I feel like that is part of what makes basically every interaction he has with like parent, uh, older women feel very uncomfortable (laughs) and weirdly sexual. But I don't, I don't know. I think that might just be because he's basically like only five to 10 years younger than them in real life. (laughs) You know what I mean? Cause I was like, oh, is there like some, some weird vibe between these two (laughs) conversation, but no, I mean, it was just a conversation about like, Hey, come and visit Jason in the the hospital when you're ready. You know, I, yeah, I think just by the fact that that Taylor Kitsch was, what do we say? Like mid to upper twenties when he actually, yeah, he was, yeah. Like 25, 26, something like that. Yeah. I think that just changes the vibe a little bit compared to like, if he was actually a 15 year old, (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah. High school kid. Um, but yeah, so they go and visit Voodoo Tatum and his family who are living in a hotel at a, I don't know if did they say where, like what town is it like a nearby town. Buddy Garrity's wife implied that it was 80 minutes to get there. Cause she said, you can take an 80 minute drive uh, for the Panthers, but you can't help your daughter or something like that. So right. some town 80 minutes away is what we have. Yep. And they go, yeah, they go and try to recruit voodoo, um, which coach has his reservations about, right? Like he very has, much. So yeah, specifically says like, if he goes with Matt Saracen, he doesn't have to worry about potential recruitment violations. Mm. Um, so coach is very conscious of that, which makes me wonder, I wrote this in all caps. If it's so sketchy, why do they go in Dylan Panthers gear? <laughs> They're all just in their blue and yellow shirts with <laughs> Dylan Panthers. All over. I didn't even think of that. <laughs> yeah. But they show up and yeah. How, what does coach say? How does he kind of lay it on the line for voodoo? He kind of basically says like, nothing's going to be given to you if you want to work for it. Yeah. You know? This is this is the place for you, so, yeah. Type thing, but Buddy Garrity, on the other hand, is just prostituting the entire town of Dillon for the Tatum family. family. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Housing, jobs, all everything, <laughs> the whole kid caboodle. Yep, yep. So, um, yeah. So that happens, uh, and then shortly after that is the argument between um, Buddy Garrity and his wife, um where Lila's like upstairs and hearing their argument. And I just wrote down (laughs) during this. And I remember the scene was that, and we kind of talked about this in the last episode that freaking Lila Garrity is just the most like high school naive girl of all time. (laughs) Yeah. And in this, uh, this episode is really, I feel like the last the last episode where that's fully true. I feel like she has a moment here where um, that, that turns and she realized like, wow, um, I was an idiot. So the Garrity household is struggling with Lila's delusions. Kind of everybody sees what's going on except for Lila. She still believes everything's going to turn out. She still believes that Jason's going to walk, which uh, we'll get to, but Jason calls her out on that. Finally. But if we back up a little bit, <laughs> I just wanted to point out a line. Uh, there's like a, a pancake supper or dinner or something that Feed. they're doing. It's a fundraiser for Jason. <clears throat> and Mrs. Coach is talking to Mayor Rodell. And <laughs> Mayor Rodell tells her, the last school counselor killed herself. Yeah, that's right. Pills, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I actually have that written down as my quote of the week. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay, good. So that'll come back up. <laughs> oh geez. Yeah. Then Tim is not at the pancake supper. And so Tyra goes and finds him. He is out hitting beer cans on the side of the road with yeah, a into like a query. Yeah. <laughs> I, that makes sense. I wasn't sure what was going on there, but Tyra confronts him kind of gets into it. I I counted two more beers for Tim Riggins on that one that I, I noted that he hit at least two more cans. So th- there know. was you there was a spot where you could actually see even more, and I counted six. I think he had oh, the wow. full six pack out there. I I will allow it. Yeah, <laughs> so that's six more, putting us up to seven for the episode. Seven for the episode. Yes, 
I forget where we're at total, but we will we'll come back to that. <laughs> I, is this where they break up? Do they break up here? Yes, this the is road? the official yeah. Tyra and Riggins breakup. Yeah, this isn't my quote of the episode, but I, I did enjoy it when, when Tim said, we sure do have something special here, Lila. <laughs> basically hating each other. Um, so, yeah, they break up on the side of the road. Um, I have in here, I don't remember how it happened, but Lila invites Tim to a prayer meeting and my notes on that are just read the room, Lila. (laughs) What what are you doing? You're inviting Tim Riggins, uh, to a prayer meeting for, for Jason street, who his best friend who he hasn't even gone to see yet. So, uh, again, once again, Lila still being super delusional. And there's also a scene where Tim is struggling in practice and he, he walks off the field, uh, which is. Oh yeah. That, and coach, a great coach moment where he's like, don't do that. Don't do what I think you're about to do. Don't do what I think you're about to do. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's a very coach Taylor way of reacting to that situation. Yep. Um, buddy, buddy makes the, the offhand remark that this never would have happened in the old days or, <laughs> yep. or something like that. Which why is buddy Garrity on the field during practice to begin with? Talking coaches ear off about what we do, I think, <laughs> yeah. uh, if I remember correctly. But yeah, so yeah, that's when they go and recruit Voodoo, the Garrity household struggling to deal with Liza's delu- Lila's delusions <laughs> is what I have. Okay, uh, then coaches at home at night, he's watching the news. And smash. Smash is getting interviewed on the news. I don't even remember exactly what Smash says. It was relatively innocuous. Like it was not enough. Like me watching it, like I was like, this is a strong reaction from coach. Yeah. It wasn't super offensive. It was undermining, you you know? Yeah. It was, it was undermining to coach into the team, but coach in a very coach Taylor calm and collected way flips out basically not. (laughs) So, uh, and calls the team in for a nighttime practice. And I have a hard time trying to gauge exactly the timeline of the nighttime practice. I want to get into that a little bit because like some people are like in bed. Like I think Saracen's like in (laughs) bed. Yeah. Yeah. And like, meanwhile, like smash is like eating a bowl of breakfast cereal. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. There's another guy eating a a burger at the diner. Yeah. So like, like, I don't know. At first I felt like it was maybe like 10 30, 11 o'clock at night. But yeah, the the guy eating a burger at the diner, who's at the diner at 10, 30, 11 eating a burger? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that doesn't quite line up, but yeah. it's late. It's And then also I've written down and we'll, I'll just put it <laughs> that when coach gets home, um, I think like Tammy says, like, what time is it? Or she says like, it's three in the morning. Somebody mentions that it's three in the morning by the yeah. time that coach gets home. Yeah. So, so- that's where I'm like, I cannot gauge <laughs> what time this practice started or how long it went because yeah. okay so let's let's assume that the latest it could have possibly been when he called it i'm assuming the diner's going to be closed by 11 p.m. right i think like that's that fair guy, so let's say that guy Maybe, is pushing the limit let's say this hold on okay. before okay. we go there yes theoretically we don't do we know what day of the week it is uh, it can't be friday my head it's definitely not friday yeah, so it is a it is a school night. Is it is a school night because I yeah that's where I was going because I was yep. thinking maybe there's an all night diner in in Dillon. There's yep. one in Kimball, South Dakota. Why not that's Dillon, true. Texas? Do what diddies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so I'm thinking like yeah sure maybe some kid is there at 11 p.m. Like you know maybe some, yeah. he's hungry. It happens. 
Uh-huh. I'm willing to forgive that. So I'm I'm going to say theoretically late night diner, but even with that being said, I'm thinking latest is 11 p.m. Yep. And he says it's basically like be at the field house in a half hour. So practice the earliest it could start, or no, I would say the latest it could start would be like 1130-ish, right? Yeah. And so he doesn't get back till 3 a.m. That implies that they had a three- uh, a three-hour practice in the middle yeah. of the night in the rain <laughs> on a school night. On <laughs> a school yeah. night. Yeah, I, I wonder uh, why his wife, the high school guidance counselor, doesn't have more to say. Uh, right. Yeah, she <laughs> about that decision as a as a coach of high all school. that surprised yeah. at all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, they are out in a, at a ridiculous hour, running wind sprints up a hill in the rain. Somehow, like across a river. <laughs> <laughs> or like across a creek up a hill. And- yeah, there's this weird yeah hill thing that they're that we haven't seen before, nor do we ever see again. I'm not sure where exactly it is. Although he does bust them all somewhere. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, he had this. He had this scouted and in his back pocket, ready for a midnight practice sometime. Um, but yeah, they're all. It's pretty intense. I believe one of the other coaches is like, don't you think they've had enough coach? <laughs> I think. So it's not really landing yet. I feel like the point of the practice isn't landing yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then somewhere along the line, Smash Williams starts the clear eyes, full hearts, can't lose uh, chant. So- and I get chills. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. And as they're That's- all getting back on the bus, um, then coach pulls Tim aside and basically says, Hey, uh, it's not your fault that, that Jason's paralyzed. So you gotta let, you gotta let it go or you gotta give yourself grace or however he says it in his coach way, let yourself off the hook. I think is what he says. So pretty important part, I think. And then is this, I think, is it the same night that Riggins and Lila? Oh yeah. 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 Meet up because uh, coach says, coach says, don't you ever walk out on a practice again. You owe me a practice. Tell you what, you walk home and we'll call it even. So That's right. Riggins is walking home at 3 a.m. <laughs> all by himself on the side of the road. Where was Lila coming from? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> 3 That's... We're Okay, we're, we're digging too deep, I feel like. <laughs> I've got a lot of theories of what's going on here. Maybe it's not that late. I think Coach has a secret family. <laughs> <laughs> he went to end that at 1130. Yeah. <laughs> It started at 9 p.m. Saris is just such a square that he was already in bed at 9 p.m. <laughs> yeah, uh, that could be. And I think we should keep an eye out for clues throughout the series. <laughs> Coach's second family. Yeah, good. But, yes, Tim is walking alongside the road. Lila happens to be driving by. She pulls over. Uh, yeah, why don't you... Great exchange. Of what happens there? Great exchange between uh, uh, Riggins and Lila. Yeah. <laughs> Lila goes, "What are you drunk again?" <laughs> and Riggins just goes, "Soon enough, Lila. <laughs> Soon enough. <laughs> Soon enough." Yep, that's one of my quote of the week submissions or quote of the episode submissions for sure. Uh, then they kind of get into a shouting match, you know, where they're yelling at each other about this, that, and the other thing, and then all of a sudden. Bang! Yes, the, they're hooking the anger, up. The anger emotions uh, suddenly turn to 
yeah, making out. It's it's a pretty seamless. Well, <laughs> yeah, it's a little weird, but we'll we'll let that we'll go. allow it. Yep. Oh, I would also like to point out. I, I believe it's um, during this exchange that Lila has the line, and I feel like this is a turning point for her. Like this, th- kissing Tim is like kind of the turning point where she accepts a little bit what is going on. Oh, because prior to this, we didn't talk about it, but Jason basically kicks her out of the hospital. Oh, yes. They get, I did write down street gets real on Myla where he finally is like, I'm not going to get better. I'm never going to walk again. I'm never going to play football again. We are not going to get married. Yep. And get out. Yeah. Basically like kind of the, the thing where like the, the classic scene where you pull alongside the road and kick the dog out of the vehicle. Like, go on, get out of here. (laughs) Leave it. And and I guess hypothetically, in a, a arguably more realistic scene, maybe that's where Lila was coming from at two in the morning because she does mention to Riggins, I think in this very episode, that she's like visiting hours are over at six, but I I got the whole got place it. under my spell or whatever. Yep, you're right. Yeah. So I guess yeah, she could stay as late as she wanted at the hospital and. That's Why true. wouldn't she stay until two in the morning? That's her boyfriend <laughs> who she's going to marry. And, right, and everything's going to be fine. Yes. Uh, and she, she says to Tim, you know, I thought God would do me a favor because I'm such a good girl. How stupid is that? <laughs> you know. So in still a very cheesy high school girl way, I feel like she, she is realizing her, her naivety. Yes. In, in that. So this is kind of a turning point for her. <laughs> in my notes I have for music cue. There was some Pearl Jam sounding song. Yeah, Come Back by Pearl Jam. It's a bang. Okay, it was Pearl Jam. I was yeah. trying to idea on my phone with Google Assistant or whatever, you know, what song am I listening to? Mm-hmm. And it kept coming up as Let It Go by Adina Menzel from the Frozen soundtrack. So I was like, oh, my, even my phone is like has been uh, overloaded by the... Time to grow up and get an iPhone like the rest of us. <laughs> oh. <laughs> not gonna happen was that minute bowl yeah it's Muggs, Muggsy, Muggsy and minute man oh nice <laughs> why that's just i think it's a cool picture it's a nice background yeah, that, yeah. Uh, like, all right well i don't have any kids or anything to put on my cell phone <laughs> background so uh, put something that uh brightens my day in other ways <laughs> i i have one of my sons on my phone background and that's just that's just john morant grizzlies <laughs> Ja, Jaren, and Benaya, my sons. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, yeah, so Pearl Jam, uh, not let it go. Uh, Jason leaves the hospital for, for rehab. Lila shows up late, and she is obviously feeling very guilty, or at least has accepted reality. I feel Either she's feeling, or it's probably both, feeling guilty for kissing Tim, but then also, like, she made a big deal out of this rehab that this is where it was all going to turn around. But now that he's actually going there and she's had this revelation, I feel like she, yeah, it's evident on her face that she understands the gravity of what's going on now. All right. So then kind of as the, the episode is ending, I believe, uh, Voodoo joins the team. Yes. And, you know, we kind of get this after the the midnight late night practice really seems like the team has, has turned a corner and is starting to gel a little bit. And then voodoo shows up and, <laughs> but yeah, he's, he's got an attitude. It's very 
obvious right off the bat that yeah he's yeah. gonna upset some things yeah the, like you the, said the uh right as the team started to gel he comes through to just create chaos again worse probably than even before yeah i don't know if you watched the deleted scene with this episode this was bizarre i want to know if this is a real thing that happens in texas for high school football so coach uh they show coach like getting all he's like in a, in a tie and stuff. And, and I, I don't think this can be quote of the episode because it's in a deleted scene, but he's sitting at the counter. He's in a suit and tie. <clears throat> and, uh, Tammy says, you do look good though. You're going to impress the hell out of those rabid dogs before they tear you limb from limb. Coach says that's being a little dramatic though. Don't you think? And then Tammy responds. So was the crucifixion of Christ, baby. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> really escalating things here. Um, Mrs. But, Coach. Yeah. <laughs> Go in there. Uh, but then they have him, they, they cut to him at like, it's basically like a public film session and forum where there's like, they're like showing the like highlights from the, the game on a screen and like half the town is there and they're like criticizing coaches calls and, and coaches oh, wow. like explaining like, well, here's why I made the call I did on that. And they're just ripping into him. Wow. It's like, is that a thing? That's Do insane. Like public forum film sessions. Wow. Now I'm kind of really bummed that they didn't. Keep that in the episode one and two, like dive deeper into that. If that is a thing, because that's yeah. a crazy aspect that I would like to see. Like what any the of heck? Yeah. I mean, I could maybe see if you like had to meet with the athletic director of the high school or something, but not the general. Public. Yeah. That's wild. <laughs> that's- yeah. There's like a mom there. That's like chewing him out and saying he's going to get his, her kid hurt and stuff. Like, <laughs> It must it must be a thing, but I guess, yeah. That's bizarre. I have to look more deeply into that. Yeah. All right. Do we want to dig into characters a little bit now? Yeah, let's dig into the let's dig do into we, the characters. Do you want to go? Do you still want to go like down the list, or do you just kind of want to popcorn around? Let's let's, wanna... let's popcorn around a little bit. Okay, I'm really not liking Lila. <laughs> like more than I even ex like way more than I expected. I thought that I really liked the Lila char- character. Yeah, and now I'm not so sure that I <laughs> I did I I. I really don't like her. Yeah. Her writing. She's just so like, over the top naive. Yeah. I, yeah, I do feel, I do feel like she is very much does very much encapsulate an aspect of small town uh, right. life and idealism and stuff like that. You know? Um, right. I, I shouldn't, so. I should rephrase because she's written really well. I shouldn't say that her writing is bad because her writing is good, but I, do not like her as a character because of how like extremely naive she is, but it's, it is very realistic. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like they really had to go over the top and above and beyond to set her up with all these idealistic notions to then just, and we we've said it before, but then just slam her down yeah. continuously over and over again. Um, like you which, said, she, she takes a lot of L's. She takes some L's. Lila takes a lot of L's. Uh, and we're starting to get, 
I, I, the one thing, the one good thing about Lila in this episode is that she does start to turn the corner a little bit, um, and come to grips, which yes. is, yeah, which I, is- I am really excited to see her evolve a little bit and, and grow as the, the series progresses. Yeah. Yep. For sure. And we get a little picture, um, of, of the Garrity's in a little more in depth as well. We get that interaction between buddy and buddy's wife, uh, yeah, worrying about Lila. So, um, yeah, good to good to dig into the Garrity household a little more. Buddy Garrity, <laughs> what a guy! All right, so who else? Who else uh, as a character uh, struck you or uh, you thought was interesting this episode? Yeah, um, Street struck me. He's kind of coming into his own as a character and really accepting his fate. Yep. Yeah, which is is good. It makes me like him more. And in the next episode, I'm excited to watch him grow a little bit more and, and move in with Herc <laughs> and their dynamic. Uh, however, politically incorrect it may be. Woof. <laughs> but we'll get to that in the next episode. Yes. <laughs> um, coach is growing into the coach that we know and love. Yep. Yeah, he's he's pulling things, pulling these moves out of his back pocket, you know, get out of the box and do some crazy stuff to inspire inspires his team. And Mrs. Coach as a as the guidance counselor cuz there's a scene with her and and uh Saracen, that's in this episode, right? Yep, yep, it is. Where Saracen kind of is like, "Oh yeah, I live with my grandma, she's got dementia, my dad's in Iraq." <laughs> like <laughs> Uh, he's got a lot on his plate, I think is what Tammy even says. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah, absolutely. And she, and so then she's talking to coach and she said, you know, do you understand how stressful my job is like to actually sit down and have a conver- a real conversation with these kids that goes beyond like where you're supposed to go on the field in the next 30 seconds and where to carry the ball to and stuff like that, mm-hmm. which then actually like, feels kind of jerkish and coach doesn't really receive it. But then after his interaction with Tim uh, a little bit, he goes back to Tammy and says, yep, you're right. So Tammy is making an impact on coach. I think that he needs to connect with his, his players on more than just on the field level. Mm -hmm. So Tammy is already doing good stuff for, for coach Taylor and the Panthers indirectly even though coach was worried that she would be a nuisance as Mm -hmm. the guidance counselor and which she will be, but, (laughs) but yeah, Tammy, yeah. Tammy's getting a little more coming into her own. Um, that's good. Tim Riggins is basically still doing Tim Riggins stuff. Like we love to see it closed off drinking beer, uh, being a jerk to, to Tyra. Like it's just all there. Classic, Um, classic Riggins stuff. Classic Tim. And, and we love him. Uh, not necessarily yeah. for, for all the classic Tim stuff, but, uh, we love him despite his flaws. Yep. Absolutely. So we don't get much of, uh, Julie in this episode, which I feel like maybe some of our listeners, if there are any who, <laughs> uh, are maybe watching the show for the first time or haven't yeah. watched it yet, maybe confused why, about the Julie on Julie. Yeah. The <laughs> Julie a meter. If yeah. you stick with the show and you stick with us, you'll, you'll understand. <laughs> you'll get I it. promise. Yeah. Yeah, it'll become clear, but but yeah, not a, not a lot of Julie. The only the only thing that I saw in this episode was this. Uh, I, maybe I should leave this for the hateometer, but maybe let's just address the hateometer now since we're yes. talking about Julie. The only reason that I knocked her any points, and this is pretty lame, 
but they're at the pancake dinner and Saracen comes over and he's like, I got you a uh, soy sausage or something like that. And then she makes some oh, other, yeah. some other sausage. comment about let's go get a turkey burger. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like that's just annoying. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> like, yeah. If you're, you won't eat, you it's won't eat beef, move. but you will eat turkey. Yeah. Like, I don't Anyway. So th- for that reason, I gave her a one on the hate meter I agree with that. Yeah. Slight, slight, eno- slightly slight, annoying. Not enough. With, with the context that we would have had on our first watch three episodes in. Yeah. That, no. You know, That's you're maybe, fine. yeah, one at most. So I, I'm going to go ahead and agree with you there. Yeah. Well, let's talk about Buddy Garrity in this episode. As we yeah. already kind of have a little bit, just a total creep. Like, <laughs> really? Uh Cream in his jeans over Voodoo Tatum in a real weird way. Like hard. Yeah. Yeah. Like he, I mean, he loves, give it, I'll give it up to Buddy Garrity. He loves this team. Like <laughs> I know that he's a, a used car salesman by, by trade, but like it's really seems like the Dylan Panthers is all he has. <laughs> like it yeah. is. Well, this is yeah. his livelihood. He, he doesn't seem to, and as as his wife points out, he doesn't really seem to care about Lila all that much. Uh, <laughs> I, a very big role. When yeah. they're not on screen together, I sometimes forget that they're father and daughter. <laughs> like, I forget that they're from the same family. <laughs> yes. Uh, Voodoo Tatum becomes Buddy's son in this. <laughs> yes, yeah, for real. Yeah, he's providing him shelter. <laughs> he's helping him put get his table. Yeah, get his yeah. dad get a job. Yeah. <laughs> um. So we could just move right into the sleaze ball move of the week for Buddy Garrity. <laughs> I have a very specific uh thing that's in in line with all of that. But uh, my my buddy Garrity sleazeball move of the week was how he basically turned the whole voodoo Tatum thing into this like caring for a Katrina refugee charity mission, <laughs> basically like trying yeah. to make it out to be like we need to do this kid a favor and take care of him and his family. Um, so yeah, really exploiting the whole Katrina uh, aspect of his story. I'm with you 100% on that. That is absolutely the <laughs> Buddy Garrity Sleazeball Move of the Week, yes. who is yes. acting like he cares about this yeah. kid at all outside of football. If yeah. this kid wasn't a football player, <laughs> Buddy Garrity would not look twice at him. Buddy, you're not you're not fooling anyone either. Like it's it would be okay for you to just say like we need to go get this kid so we can win games. <laughs> yeah. You don't have to. You don't have to. Yeah, the Katrina charity thing. So. <laughs> But that's Buddy Garrity for you. So Coach Taylor, um, the inspirating Coach Taylor, inspirating of the week. Uh, Give me your thoughts. I'm in kind of the same boat as I was with the last episode where you don't want to give him a 10 because you know what he's going to do. But man, the, the wind sprints thing is solid. It's a good move. There's some great, great moments in there. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with a light eight. Okay, and that's only under the secret family presumption. <laughs> Take it away from the Ted, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. because I believe Coach Coach Taylor has a secret family. 
<laughs> he's getting docked for the <laughs> for Zoom. Scene. For my fan theory. Yes. Until it's proven <laughs> that he does not have a secret family, he will continually be docked. Yes. <laughs> By the end of the series, we're just like <laughs> negative five. <laughs> Yeah, he did a lot this episode, but that secret family's really weighed on me. You can see it in his eyes. me out. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I I have a little bit different take on this. Sure. Um, So I do think the midnight practice thing was good, but uh, I think it was maybe a little like anger inspired and a little vindictive. I'll agree with that. It was definitely for the wrong reasons. Yeah. Um, so for that reason, I don't give him as much credit. Um, I, it still turned out really good. It was still a good coach move. Um, but I don't, but accidentally. Yep. Um, and then I, I also want to point out that smash starts the clear eyes, full hearts chant that really like turns the tide of the practice, which, you know, maybe coach is just like, you know, a master strategist. And, you know, that was what he hoped, you know, that the team would come together in that, that moment where he's just like running the the heck out of them and stuff like that. But I think smash gets more of the credit. Than, I'll agree with that. Then coach on that, but I would I'd like to uh, take a peek inside Coach Taylor's head, right? From the guilt that he would have felt from Smash himself starting that chant, on top of the guilt that he already feels for having a secret family. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I wasn't taking the secret family into account on my rating. <laughs> Um, I will give him credit though, that, that little heart to heart with Tim Riggins getting on the bus. Um, that was good. And I think Tammy gets some of the credit for that. Like I said, kind of her comments about, you know, connecting with the the players more than just as football players. But, um, so I gave, I gave him just a middle of the road five. Um, the team was inspired, but I think, I, I don't know that I give coach all the credit for that. So That's it's fair. a five. If we want to take a couple off for the secret family, <laughs> it's probably a three, but, oh, wow. um, but yeah, I'll go with five. So you okay. said a soft eight, I yep. have five. Um, I think it's we'll meet in the middle by like a high, a high six, strong six, a strong, yeah. Strong six. That sounds good to me. Uh, the big rig beer tally, as we said, he had one earlier, early in the episode. And then when he is hitting cans, uh, with the golf club, I counted six. So that is a total of seven for the episode, which puts us at a total for the season at 19. He he has already consumed 19 beers in three episodes. Uh, so, um, that's where we're at with the beer tally music cue of the week. I got to go with the Pro Jam song, the uh, comeback yep. by Pro Jam. Very solid. Yep. Yep. That worked well. Um, Let It Go also would have been a good choice. <laughs> but, but yeah, Pearl Jam was good. What was the name of the song again? Comeback. Comeback by Pearl Jam. From the album that came out that very year, 2006, the self-titled album, the eponymous album. Oh. I didn't realize that Pearl Jam was still making music. Oh, yeah, dude. They released an album last year. Huh. Nice. I haven't listened to it yet, but I never really have been into Pearl Jam. The The most I ever did was Eddie Vedder on the Into the Wild. Song, yeah, that's a to top it. 50 album. From, that's, for me, that's the best Pearl Jam album is the <laughs> right. Eddie Vedder solo. But yeah. 
there you should really listen to 10 it's it still holds up to this yeah day. i i i have listened to that like that yeah. is i i definitely acknowledge that that's good i just never got super 10 good. versus in vitology like those first three albums are really good and then they got kind of into like dave matthews t- territory where like they got like a real like live band notoriety uh-huh. you know kind of thing where yeah, they've got like people who are stuff like that really i don't like i don't think they jam in the same way but like okay. you've got those people who are like oh i'm really into pearl jam man <laughs> you know what i'm saying <laughs> yeah, like absolutely i own unironically <laughs> i own ironically purchased but now i kind of own and never i probably haven't listened to it in like 10 years but I own a like seven disc Pearl Jam Live at the Gorge box oh. set on CD. Wow. Um, seven that, discs of one concert? Um, it's three separate concerts that they did <laughs> okay. at the Gorge. Yeah. So say that's a marathon of a, of a concert. Yeah. But yeah, nice. Yeah, it, it fit well with, with the scene that it was played over. Sure. So that was good. All right. I think that brings us to quote of the episode. Um, I have several submissions for this. I've got three, so I don't know if you want to alternate. Um, Yeah, I've got two, and I think my two are both on your list. Yeah, probably covered, yeah. Yeah, so... Why don't you start us off, then? I'll start with the, um, what are you drunk again? Soon enough, Lila. Soon enough. (laughs) Yep, absolutely. Perfect Tim wine, for sure. I have one we haven't talked about yet. (laughs) Uh, This is after the, the hard late night practice it's i believe it's in practice the next day and coach Mac says never underestimate the power of a good spanking coach and coach <laughs> responds yes sir <laughs> like that's how he says it yes sir. yes sir. <laughs> so yeah never underestimate the power of a good spanking um and then of course my choice for quote of the week was the mayor telling Mrs. Coach, you know, the last guidance counselor killed herself. <laughs> pills, I think. Oh, pills, I think, yes. <laughs> yeah, that was good. Uh, looking at it here, my my third one I already said, and it was the deleted scene. So this is an unofficial submission. Yes. But uh, you do look good, though. You're going to impress the hell out of those rabid dogs before they tear you limb from limb. That's being a little dramatic, though, don't you think? So was the crucifixion of Christ, baby. <laughs> Too far, Tammy. Tammy, you didn't have to get blasphemous with us. <laughs> Take it easy. <laughs> uh, I I I feel like um, I feel like we go with what are you drunk again? Because okay. we both had it. I'm good with that. So, yep. All right. So that was episode three, which was entitled "Wind Sprints." I don't think wind we sprints. That. Yes. Um. Yeah. Any any closing thoughts on 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 the episode or how things are progressing so far? I, I like I said, I, I do feel like we are we're really getting into some into the meat of things here now. Yeah, things are really starting to ramp up. Um, I know in the next episode they definitely ramp up. Um, which yeah, I'm excited for for things to really you know get going. But no, it's a good solid episode. I don't know what I'd rank it on a one to ten scale. It's I mean, more or less a filler episode. It's, there's not a whole lot important that happens, but yep. as far as the show goes, it's, you know, a strong, a strong six light seven, I think out of 10. Yeah, I would go, I would personally go with a seven. I believe I thought it was pretty good. We, we, you know, I, I am kind of, I keep coming back to this, but I like the Lila turn. I think that's important. Um, yeah. It's good for her character for sure. Yep. So I'll, I'll go with the seven. So, All right. 
well, um, yeah, uh, episode three. It's <laughs> we're 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 rolling now. Still don't have a title, but we're title. we're we're going. Yeah, thanks for <laughs> for for sticking with us uh, so far. So we'll we'll get into episode four next. Yes. Let's touch God this time, boys. Let's touch God.